I want to talk about what I think is the most important subject in the Bible. And, uh, you know, I got thinking before I came up here, I thought about, well, okay, the most important subject would be receiving the Spirit of God. But if you back up, before that is the issue of repentance. In other words, in order to receive the Spirit of God, I have repentance. So I'm going to call the most important subject in the Bible repentance. Repentance. In Acts 2 and verse 38, it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a promise, and it's an absolute promise, although I believe that God makes that ultimate decision. You know, when you go down the waters of baptism, it is God that makes that decision to grant His Spirit or not. But it is a promise, but the based on it's based on repentance. What does it mean to repent? Well, we're going to go through this. Why is this so important? Why is repentance so important? Well, here it is. If it's not real repentance, you're not going to receive the Spirit of God. Okay, that, that's the bottom line. If it's not real repentance, you're not going to receive the Spirit of God. So Romans 8 and verse 9, sort of breaking into the middle of this, says... Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So this, this puts the emphasis on how important it is to have the Spirit of God. But before we receive the Spirit of God, there must be true repentance. Now, I want to look at what repentance is not. Because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Well, what is repentance? Okay. I'm going to go through a list of these. Repentance is not a religious track that you pick up. As I did one day, I was working on a job site and I picked up this track. And it's, you know, it went through a few scriptures and it said, sign here on the dotted line, mail it in, and we'll send you something back. Okay, that's not repentance. Writing your name on that track is not repentance. Uh, a one-time decision is not necessarily repentance. You know, I raised my hand, I invited Jesus into my heart. You can do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. But what I'm saying is, was it repentance? And we're going to talk about this, what, what repentance is. All right. Repentance is not necessarily a desire to appear religious and go to church. A lot of people fit into that category. I know a lot of people that fit into that category. They enjoy going to church. It's like a social club, you know, they get to meet people and make business contacts. And uh, it's, uh, but the issue of unconditional surrender, repentance, is not really the issue. Repentance is not necessarily a desire to know God. There, there are people that want to know God. And I'm not saying knowing, the desire to know God is good, but the, the crucial issue is repentance. Just because you desire to know God is one thing. Repentance is not necessarily just believing in Jesus. Now that's a familiar teaching. Just, just believe in his name. Just believe in Jesus. All right? That's good. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But is there repentance? Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean you have repented. Repentance, and this, is, this one gets a little bit tricky. You know, repentance is not... 
what I would call eternal life. In other words, there's a lot of people that, okay, and let, me, let me break it down this way. If I went into an old folks home and I said, I got a pill here. You take this pill and you will have eternal life. How many people would reject that? I mean, how many people? No, I don't want it. You know, just, of course. I mean, you know, selling eternal life is not a, that's not, issue, that's not hard. Selling people on repentance, that's hard. <laughs> but just, you know, getting people saved, that, that's, not, that's easy right there. <laughs> you know, if I, it, it, especially when you have the concept of it's just eternal life. Um, repentance is not necessary. it's not just, and let me explain this so you, so you won't be misunderstood, won't misunderstand what I'm saying. Repentance is not salvation in the sense that, the reason I say this is, all right, the idea, okay, the altar call, I give my hand to the preacher, heart to the Lord, therefore I'm saved. Okay, that's good. But was there repentance? You know, my Ansel tells a story of going down to the altar call. How old were you when you went? About 15. 15. She went down to, had an altar call. And she went down and uh, gave her heart to the Lord. And she said it was the most wonderful experience, she, feeling. Get this, most wonderful feeling she had ever had. Euphoria. What's interesting is, many years later when God called her, called you, you went down in the waters of baptism. You did understand what you had to repent of. You accepted Christ as your personal sin. You repented of your sin, and she said, I didn't really feel anything. <laughs> you know, I felt good about the decision I made. That I accepted Christ, that I was baptized, but as far there was no euphoria. Okay. Repentance is a logical thinking thing that you do. If you're just looking for pure emotion, I gotta feel something. No, repentance is something that you do. Okay. What I'm saying is people can go through these maneuvers without a trace of repentance without even a trace of repentance. The hard part for God is not saving us. You know, the hard part, saving us, that's already been accomplished through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That was, that was the hard part right there, giving his son. You think as a father, giving my son to die for people's sin, you know, like Mike talked about, you know, I would have, you know, I agree with what Mike, I would have threw up my hand and said, forget him, you know, just let him die. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, that was the hard part. Christ's sacrifice. Do you know what the real hard part is for us? Getting you lost. Here's, here's another thing. Getting you to realize that you are lost. That's the hard part. Your ego often won't go there. It's, it's not so much saving you, it's getting you to realize and acknowledge, I am lost. I am totally lost. That's the hard part. So what is repentance? I think it's a way of life. Um, the key scripture here, Matthew 4 and verse 17, I'm just sort of going through this quickly, but some general statements. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I want to just touch on for a second here, life before repentance. The unconverted mind. Right, I just want to back up before I keep going into this. 
Because I think the unrepentant sinner realizes things about his life that actually, even in that state, there are drawing cards that is, that is pointing people, the unrepentant sinner, the unconverted mind, there are things that is drawing that person to God. And I want to look at some of these scriptures and how that works. Because I think if we can identify this in dealing with other people, that, that, that maybe who would classify as I'm not a Christian, I, you know, I don't believe in it, whatever. We can sort of help them if we can understand what are, what are, what are the drawing cards that, that people deal with. The unconverted person, the unrepentant mind. When Proverbs, I'm going to go through three scriptures here. Proverbs 14 verse 12. This is a, a reality that, that uh, people deal with, the unconverted mind. Uh, there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end is the way of death. You know? There, there is a way that seems right, and, 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 but the end is, is destruction. You know, it's like that song by the, the Bee Gees, uh, How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? I can think of younger days. I'm not going to try to sing it like Robin, you know. I can think of, you know, I got to hold your ear too when you sing it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can think of younger days when living for my life was everything a man could want to do. I could never see tomorrow, but I was never told about the sorrow. No one ever told me about the sorrow of, of, of you know, this, this living for myself. You know, there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end is the way of death. And uh, if you realize people are on that road, a lot of people you know, a lot of friends, a lot of family members maybe, you know, you, maybe you can uh, minister to them, to them better. Okay. Another, another scripture is Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 2, the unconverted mind, unrepentant sinner, vanity, vanity, says the teacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It just means emptiness, a striving after the wind. You know, as you live your life, the unconverted, you know, you, you begin to realize that. It, it's, it's just sort of, I've told you too many times, but I, I'm going to try to, I'll, I'll try to go through it quickly because I'm repeating myself. But I, I told you as a teenager being at a pool party and, you know, just, just looking at it and thinking, man, there's got to be more to life than this. You know, just people were just, people were having a good time, acting foolish acting silly, getting drunk or whatever. But I just looked at it and I thought, there's got to be more to life than this vanity that I'm seeing. And I thank God that that, that, was, that was in my head. But I think people, you know, that, that you, can, you can minister to people because of that very thing. You know, where's your life at? Is it just vain? And then another verse is Jeremiah 10 and verse 23. O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. How do we know that? By your mistakes. <laughs> By these silly mistakes that I make, I messed up, and I know this is not, my life is not working here. You know? And that, again, that's a good opportunity when you see people whose lives are not working to, to share and maybe reveal that there is a better way. A way that will work. So what is repentance? Well, here it is. Turn away from self-centeredness, the self, 
and turn our lives over to God's correction and control. All right? To turn away from self-centeredness. And when I say self-centeredness, I'm talking about we are the God of our lives, our, our idol. We're guilty of breaking, you know, idol worship because we've set ourselves up as God in our life. So the self, and turn our lives over to God's correction and control. I think the reason often repentance is so hard is because we perceive that we're, we're giving up something about ourselves. We're not sure we want to give that up. Well, I sort of like this about myself. You know, I, I don't want to give that up. You know, that we think that the things we're turning away from has great benefit. This thing, I, I sort of, I don't know if I want to give that up. I want to hold on to this. And it is an issue of trusting God, that God knows best. God knows best. Now, there's two kinds of repentance that the Bible talks about. I want to look at both of them. It's 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10 talks about two kinds of repentance. <clears throat> it says, for godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. That's one kind of repentance. That's the, that's the good kind. That's the kind you want to be a part of. But the sorrow of this world works death. And that's another kind of repentance. You know, you got the good and the bad. The good and the ugly. Whatever. All right. Uh, godly repentance, I believe, is a way of life. It's not something you just do one time at baptism. Okay. You're just getting started at baptism. In fact, it's probably extremely, your repentance at baptism is probably extremely superficial. It's, it's not a lot of depth there. Uh, <laughs> that depth comes later. The object of godly repentance is salvation, of course. And it leads to a change of heart. There's the key. At least, you know, not, that's what the not to be repented of sort of means, a change of heart where you desire something. That, through, through godly repentance, you no longer desire the sinful thing that you once desire, but it's a process. It is a process. You don't just break out of that just because you go down in the waters of baptism. I think repentance is a learned behavior. Uh, you, you ever think about, okay, I have to repent. Why, why do I have to repent multiple times of the same sin? You know, you, you, ever, you ever wonder that? You know, why do I have to repent of the same, you know, multiple times of the same sin? Well, it's because the Holy Spirit is leading you to a greater understanding, a greater conviction of that thing. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, in um, <clears throat> Romans uh, 2 and verse 4, it's a verse that says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. I used to look at that verse and think, okay, I don't, I don't quite get that. The goodness of God leads me to repentance. And I sort of always applied it before my calling, that the goodness of God would lead me to repentance. I, I think this may be talking about once you, you've, you've made the initial, at baptism you have, you have an initial repentance. Okay. And from that point, the goodness of God is going to lead us into real repentance. I sort of look at it more like that now. Okay, how, how do I understand the goodness of God? Okay, once you go down in the waters of baptism, there is a, uh, through the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, it is the goodness of God that's going to lead you into what, what we call real repentance. 
The Holy Spirit teaches us what real, real repentance is. Uh, this is why it's important to understand that repentance is a gift from God, from, from a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, <clears throat> you know, without the Spirit of God, you can repent, but often it's a different kind of repentance. Remember, we said there are two kinds of repentance. Let's look at the second type. But the sorrow of this world works death. Worldly sorrow, worldly repentance. Worldly sorrow regrets only sin's discovery and leads merely to dreading the consequences of the sin. You know, you know it's like I regret this cancer I got from the smoking addiction, but there's no change in behavior. Uh, you ever, you ever say, I, I remember a long time ago at the Seventh-day Adventist church, they showed a, a, a video on smoking and, you know, the, how, da how danger, dangerous that is. And there was a person there who had throat cancer, and he, and, and he was so addicted to it, he was still smoking out of that little slit in his neck, you know, put a cigarette up to the throat. That's how addicted, you know, it's gross to see that. But uh, what I'm saying is, real repentance leads to a change in behavior. You know, I no longer want that. I'm going to throw those things away. That's the change of behavior. That, that's, that's what we're looking at. That's what real repentance is. I think many people can exhibit worldly sorrow. They are very upset about the natural consequences of their sin. And for being caught. You know, okay, I, I've been caught at this. I'm sorry they caught me. You know, <laughs> and, the, and the consequences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if you compare Peter's remorse and repentance with Judas' bitterness and, su and suicide, I mean, here are two people. One represents godly sorrow, the other worldly sorrow. Both denied Christ, did they not? Both of these men denied Christ. One repented and was restored to faith and service. The other took his own life. So that's, that's sort of a reaction to, you know, the difference between the two types of repentance. Um, okay, godly repentance. Uh, David talks about this. Psalms 51 and verse 2. I like this scripture. Psalms 51 and verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. And I think, I, I underline that. I think that is what real repentance when you realize my sin is against God, you know, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Okay. All right. What are we to repent of? You know, I told a story I think last week about, and, and, and I'm not saying these people cannot have genuine repentance. Some can. But often, in an emotional moment of coming down to the altar, giving your, your heart to the Lord, there's a basic remorse for wrongdoing. General, you know, well, I've just done wrong. But if you were to ask, what were you doing that the Bible defines as sin? I'm not sure how many would have an answer to that specific question. Just what is it that you were doing that was so bad that the Bible defines as sin. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the, the question is this. Can people actually worship the Lord, acknowledge that He is Lord, 
and not, not enter into his kingdom? Well, you know the answer to that. Uh, Matthew 7 and verse 21 says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, why are they not going to enter? But why are they not entering the kingdom? Lack of repentance. Lack of true repentance is the reason. That's the answer. All right. As difficult as it may be to believe, many people feel they have received salvation, but in reality have failed to take even the first step. What is the first step? Repentance. Repentance. How is this possible? Well, it's because people can believe or have the opinion that all they have to do is believe in Jesus, basically acknowledge his existence. All right? but they don't have to do what he tells them to do. All right. 1 John 2 and verse 4 says, He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So what do we, we repent of? We, we repent of sin. I always want to do a survey of, of, of people and, and ask them, what is sin? What is the Bible's definition of sin? I wonder what you would get. Uh, I think you'd get a lot of different answers, but I'm not sure how many would get it right. All right, 1 John 3 and verse 4, we know this scripture. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the breaking or transgression of the law. The law is the Ten Commandments. You know, it's the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't mean to harp on this, uh, you know, I, but... It does include the fourth commandment. You know, it's not nine commandments. Not nine, ten. Okay. Um, not that it's more important. The fourth, fourth is not more important. It's just that they're, they're all equal, but it is, it is, it's not nine, it's ten commandments. Okay. Uh, when we talk about the law of God, there is a problem. And the problem is mankind has a carnal mind. We come into the world with a carnal mind. Now, what's wrong with the carnal mind? Here's what's wrong with it. It's anti-law. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't like authority. It doesn't like authority over, you know, it, it's sort of anti-law. And the scripture backs this up because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. That's Romans 8 and verse 7. So I was thinking about this. You know, when we go down into the waters of baptism, I know you know, the minister asks you, have you repented of your sin? That's sin. That, that's the question he's going to ask you. And um, obviously we say yes. But I think at our best, at that moment, what we're giving God is our willingness to change. You know, God, I, I'm willing. I'm repenting to the best of my knowledge at this point, And I'm willing to change. We're saying, take this carnal anti-law mind and bring it to real, real repentance. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, just want to touch on this. Now, you know as well as I do in the world of churchianity, instead of admitting that I have a carnal mind that resents the law of God, what often do you hear from, from people? Well, the problem is not my carnal mind. The problem is the law of God, you know. And that's where the no law theology comes from. 
law's been abolished, been nailed to the cross, been fulfilled, been done away with. Instead of admitting, no, it's my carnality that doesn't like that authority in my life, I'm going to develop a theology that pshoom, dismisses it all. And you can, you know, you, it's out there. I mean, you can visit a lot of churches that will back that up. And that's not a good thing. Uh, but we are the problem. We are the problem. Our natural inclinations, our natural tendency, the fact that we don't like authority, I don't like authority in my life, and, and uh, submitting to that authority is the real issue and coming to true repentance. All right, true repentance is a new creature in Christ. It's really a beautiful thing, a new creature in Christ that is being developed every day of your life. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God ordained that we should walk in the footsteps of Christ. We are his workmanship. We must repent, receive God's spirit, and do God's work, which he commands us to do in, in, in the Bible. If we believe God's word, we will be living within his law. This is, a, this is demonstrated by our faith in Christ Jesus. If we obey our Savior, if we fail, let me, let me correct it, if we fail to obey our Savior, we will be outlaws instead of what you call an outlaw. Uh, okay, Hebrews 5 and verse 9 says, And being made perfect, he, Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You know, obedience is not what saves us. But what does our willingness to obey reveal? It reveals where your heart's at, does it not? It reveals where the heart is at. My willingness to submit. And it sometimes you hear people talk about, well, it's, it's all about the, what's in the heart. That's a very true statement when it comes to Christian people. It's, it's just a matter of what's in the heart. That's an absolute true statement. And again, let me emphasize, it's not that... Obedience is what saves us, but it reveals where the heart is at to God. It's a, big, it's a big revealer to God. God needs to know. I mean, why did God tell Abraham, go sacrifice your son, you know? I mean, that, you think what a request, and then you think God says, now I know. Did he not know before? <laughs> uh, now I know that you will obey my voice. All right. Um, one more scripture here. Luke 15 and verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. And that's, what it's, you, that's what I call the 1%, you know. <laughs> over one sinner uh, versus the 99 that don't need any repentance. The 1%. It's amazing. The 1%. Jesus uses many illustrations of this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. So, real repentance. The issue is, and the issue has always been, real 
repentance. And I, and I want us to, in, in the church to focus on that issue and to consider what I said about, you know, when we first baptize, we have sort of an initial repentance. And we really start to develop real repentance as, as God works with us and come to a deeper, as the Holy Spirit works on our heart. And, and, and just to consider that about ourselves. Because, you know, I mean, I've met people that in the church that it seems like when they first came into church, they had some deep convictions. And then years later, sort of lost them. Uh, I, I personally think it's better to have, probably truth to tell is that when you first come into the church, first baptized, you have a very slack conviction. And hopefully as you mature in Christ, those convictions become greater, deeper, deeper conviction, more convicted as you grow in Jesus Christ. I think that's probably the way it should be. So you may want to look at yourself and ask yourself, is that happening to me? And to let us all live the life of, of, uh, that God desires of real repentance.